Welcome to the Miracle Channel podcast. Every week, you'll hear powerful messages from world-renowned pastors that air on Miracle Channel, Canada's 24-7 Christian TV station. And if you want to watch more of their messages anytime you want, check out our online streaming service, Corco Plus. Follow the link in our show notes to create a free account in three simple steps. Today on the podcast, you'll hear a message from Creflo Dollar. Creflo is the founder and senior pastor of World Changers Church International. Each week, he speaks to thousands of people sharing the good news of Jesus. Creflo is a much sought after conference speaker known for his practical approach to the Bible. You can watch Creflo Dollar on Changing Your World Sundays at 8.30 a.m. Mountain Time on Miracle Channel. And now, Creflo Dollar will describe how the act of giving comes with a secure identity and how generosity should be a reflex for Christians. Let's dive into the message. Go with me again to the book of Galatians chapter 1. Um, we're really going to get into some things tonight. Last week I began the series about grace-based finances. And um, the reason why I wanted to talk about this is because when you, we're talking about giving all month long. And I believe that the reflexes of every Christian, giving should be a reflex. It, it, it's, it, it should be just a part of the character. It's what happens when you get saved. It's a reflex when you get born again. And, you know, you show me a Christian who's not a giver, and, and I'll show you a Christian who's doubting his identity. That should be a reflex. And not only is giving the reflex of a Christian, it is also, it is also an expression of your trust in God. Now, in, in these series, on, especially Wednesday and on Sunday, you're going to begin to examine that most of your focus has been on the giving of money versus the giving of trust. It is, it is giving of money that authenticates your trust. And so as we look at these scriptures, you're going to begin to see that. You're going to begin to see they gave their trust. Yes, they gave their money, but they gave their trust. When you look at that widow's might, and Jesus was there looking at it, she gave her trust. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a huge indictment that, you know, even on the money, on our currency, it is in God we trust. So if Paul is the standard by which the preaching of grace is to be measured, and I believe he is, then we've got to examine what and how he taught on finances and what did, what did he have to say about giving. What did the apostle of grace have to say about giving? So if we examine his writings closely, there are going to be many grace truths to be learned in this particular area. So uh, Galatians chapter 1, verse 1, why would we say this here and to, to lay this foundation here? Galatians chapter 1, and verse 8 and 9, verse 8 says, But though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. Notice what, what he's saying here. He says if, if, if you preach any other gospel, if you, if you preach any gospel or anything that Paul did not preach, okay? The gospel is also the good news, but he makes it clear here. 
you preach any other gospel unto, unto you than that which we have preached unto you. So, you know, it, the gospel is not just the good news, but it's also that which Paul preached unto them. And so if you find what well, sometimes you'll find people saying this is the gospel and Paul didn't preach that. And so that's what you got to be careful as you define it. Paul, when, when Paul preached it, it was called the gospel. You can't call it the gospel and, and Paul didn't preach it, you see. And so he says, let him be accursed. But then in verse 9, he says it again, as we said before, so say I now again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you than that you have received, you know, from Paul, he said, let him be accursed. So if we're going to talk about giving and we know that Paul preached the gospel, then I want to hear and examine and see what did Paul have to say about the subject of giving. And, 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 and if we can at least see what Paul had to say about the subject of giving, we will remain within the framework of grace-based giving and begin to examine what Paul had to say versus maybe even some of the things we've gotten in religion. If you understand all that, say amen. So what are the things that Paul preached as it relates to grace-based finances? Well, number one, and we went over this last week, number one, uh, Paul taught proportional giving. He taught proportional giving. In other words, that, that what we give should be proportional to how God has given to us, and that no matter what season we may be in financially, we are able to give and to give generously. So I want to look at and, and, and stay focused tonight on just what Paul had to say. So Paul taught proportional giving, and he taught that we should be able to give generously. Let's begin in 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and 6, and let's examine these four scriptures as we look at what Paul had to say about giving. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 6. He says, but this I say, uh, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. So the, the first thing Paul is saying here is that as a giver, you determine the measure of your return. Now, I think that's all, awesome because that's called authority. You have the authority to determine your measure of return. You don't have to hope and pray and wonder. You have been given the authority to measure out, and based on what you measure out, it can be measured to you again. So Paul said, if you sow sparingly, then you're going to reap the same way. Paul said, if you sow bountifully, he says you're going to reap the same way. So what's, what's the principle that Paul puts here? However you measure it out, it's how it's going to be measured again. You know, I believe that we are in a season of extravagant favors. But I also believe that if we, if we let things like giving slip and, you know, we're just not as conscious about it as we were before, then I, I think we put ourselves in a position, it's the same thing. If you sow sparingly, you reap sparingly. If you sow bountifully, you reap bountifully. If you sow zero, you reap zero. And, and there, believe it or not, there are lots of Christians who have gotten to the point where they, don't, they just don't sow anything anymore. Uh, but you're a Christian. Your reflex should be giving. 
your giving. I mean, you should not be able to see somebody in a situation and not be moved to try to do whatever you can do. And, and that's why I'm trying to get us. We're trying to raise up a community in our church where it is a non-judgmental community, but it's also a community in church where we're sensitive to when somebody else has a need and we've been blessed. And God only holds us responsible for doing as he has blessed us to do. No more than that. No more than that. So the first thing we see here is that number one, Paul said that however you measure it out, that's how it's going to be measured to you again. Now look at 1 Corinthians chapter 16 and 2. I find this to be very interesting. And this is all dealing with proportional giving, that what we give should be proportional to how God has given to us, and that's what it is. It's, it's what you give is proportional to how God's given to you. A guy who makes 100000 a year versus a guy who makes 30000 a year, I thought it was an ingenious uh, idea that God had. Give 10%, you give the same. It's not going to be the same amount, but it's, you give proportionally, you know. So now watch this. He says, verse 2, Upon the first day of the week, that's Sunday, let every one of you lay by him in store as God has prospered him, that there be no gatherings when I come. Now this is interesting because it was a situation here, Paul said, I'm not going to take an offering when I come, so I need you to lay aside, lay in store. The first word I thought about when I saw this scripture was purposeful giving. Purposeful giving. It's not, well, I'll go to church and when offering comes, let me see what I got in my bag. It's I'm giving with a purpose. And, and, and he said, lay it aside. You, 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 you plan on giving. So you, you plan on it to such a point, lay it aside. And he was instructing them to lay it aside the first of, of the week, the first day of the week, lay it aside. And he said, as God has prospered him, again, there it is again, as God has prospered you, uh, you know, you don't ever have to worry about giving $10,000 if God hadn't prospered you to the point where you can give $10,000. But as he has prospered you, lay something aside. And then I thought this was interesting. He said, uh, he said let every one of you. So he, he's talking about everybody participating. Let every one of you. So it includes everybody. Let every one of you lay by him in store as God's prospered him that there be no gathering for an offering when he comes. So that's scriptural, and that's something that Paul said as far as the, the proportional giving as well. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and 2. 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and 2. I'm trying to convince you that under the new covenant of grace, giving is a reflex. It's something that is expected of Christian people once they get born again. Verse uh, 2, 2 Corinthians 8 and 2 says, How that in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded or increased unto the riches of their liberality. Now, uh, this weekend or next weekend, we're going to talk about that whole 2 Corinthians chapter 8, how there was a grace given to the church of Macedonia, and that grace was concerning giving. In other words, they were empowered to give. Uh, and he said here, how that in a great trial of affliction, so there was a great trial going on. In the midst of a great trial, they chose to have joy. Now, how many of you know joy is a choice? In the midst of a great trial, how many of you had great trials, amen? And especially financial trials. In the midst of a great financial trial, 
they not only had chose to have joy, but they chose to have an abundance of joy. Everybody say abundance of joy. Abundance of joy. And he says they had an abundance of joy and they still had their deep poverty. But he says in the midst of that trial, they chose abundance of joy. They had deep poverty abounded, unto, but it abounded unto the riches of the liberality. In other words, their joy, yet deep poverty, caused them to be extremely liberal to the point if you read on, they were begging them, please become a part of this ministration uh, to the saints. Be a part of us ministering to you. So one of the things you can expect is that, you know, there will be a grace to give. It, it, we thought that our giving made grace available. No, there's a grace that will empower you to give. There's a grace that no matter where your situation is, you will be empowered to give, even in the midst of great tribulation, even in the midst of a great trial, you'll find yourself giving because it's really an act of honor. You choose to make God, uh, you, you choose, to, the word honor means to carry weight, to weigh in, it, it's a priority. You choose to make God your priority over everything. And uh, even though you don't have much of it, you choose to take what you have and you say, God, you weigh in heavier than anything else, so I'm going to honor you with what I have. Amen. And that life of honor will never leave you in lack. Never, 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 never. Now, I want to show you something really strange here. Go to Mark chapter 12, verses 41 and 44. I, I, want, to, I, I, I want to show you Jesus actually looking over into the offering. He's looking into the treasury. I want you to notice a couple of things for people who say, well, this ain't got nothing to do with Jesus, and uh, this ain't got nothing to do, Jesus ain't got nothing to do with money, and money ain't got nothing to do with Jesus. Jesus is looking over into the offering. I, I, I need you to get this in your head. We're not talking about the giving of money as much as we're talking about the giving of trust, but when you give your money, you authenticate your trust, okay? Now, look at this. Look at what Jesus said now. He sat, he sat in the, um, and Jesus sat over against the treasury and beheld how the people cast money into the treasury. Check that out. For anybody that comes to you from this point on and says that my Bible don't say nothing about Jesus and money. He is, there's Jesus right here sitting he's in, and looking at how people are giving. He's looking at how people are giving. I got news for you. He is still looking at how people are giving because what is he ultimately looking for? When you, you're giving what the world has come to trust. You're giving what the world has come to trust. And so he is looking at them casting money in, in the treasure, and he, is, and, 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 and he is looking at ultimately how they are measuring their trust, how they are measuring their trust towards God is being based on the money that they're giving. And look what he says there, and here's proof of it. And many that were rich cast in much. So he saw that, verse 42. Many that were rich cast in much, and there came a certain poor widow. She threw in two mites, which is like, I got one of these at home. It's like a piece of a coin. It's so, it's so worthless that uh, she cast in, um, two, the, and there came a certain poor woman, widow, and she threw in two mites, which make a farthing, verse 43. And he called unto him his disciples and said unto them, Verily I say unto you, that this poor widow hath cast in more, has cast more in 
than all they which have cast into the treasury. Now, how do you say that when the rich people ended up casting in like $20,000 and, and Jesus is saying that this little piece of a coin was more than the $20,000. What is he talking about? You know he's not talking about the amount, okay? And in fact, Jesus was more concerned about how much you had left over versus how much you put in, in, in the treasury. How can I say that? Look at the next verse. Well, the verse four, right there. For all they did cast in their abundance. So they cast in of their abundance, but she of her want did cast in all that she had, even all her living. Now, what is it saying here? She trusted him so much that she could trust him where her living was concerned. Because what she gave was all that she possessed to help her in her life. And she gave that away. But what did she do ultimately? She said, I am proving to myself that I trust God with my living, so I'm giving this away. Now, a person that doesn't know God says, I can't give this away. This is all I have left for my living. She says, I'm going to give this away because I trust him for my living. So what was he saying about the rich guys? He says they gave out of their abundance, man, but they still could trust what they had left over. They gave out of their abundance. They could still trust what they had left over. But this lady gave, she gave much greater than them because she, what she gave was the only thing that she possessed to take care of her living. And she said, I can give this because I trust God. And in giving that, the, the currency, uh, not the currency, but the, well, the currency of exchange in our society is money. Uh, the exchange in the kingdom of God is trust. So she said, I can trust God. Don't you see every time you decide to give away that which men have been taught to trust, when you give that away, you're saying to God, you can make the difference. You can make the difference. I can give this much because I trust you to make the difference. I can give this thing into the treasury because you will make the difference. So although you're giving money, what you're doing is displaying trust. You give money, but you're displaying trust. And Jesus said, this woman trust me more than all of them. Why? He, he measured her trust based on the, the, the degree that she gave. She gave everything that could have taken care of her life, and it wasn't even much, but she gave it. And Jesus says she outgave everybody in trust. And that's what I think I'm trying to minister to you guys, is that we've got to outgive people where trust is concerned. I don't ever want to trust cash more than I trust Jesus. And isn't it something that on the cash, on the bills, it says what? In God we trust. On the bill. I mean, what are we going to do with that when we get to heaven? And, 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 and we're, we're looked at where our giving's concerned. And even on the bill, there's a little sign. Even though you have this bill, don't trust it. Trust God. Don't be afraid to give it. Trust God. In God we trust. And so now, based on what you have, is going to determine the trust that you have. And I don't ever want to be in a situation where I have to trust God for health or trust God for provision or trust God for favor and have to always wonder, do I really have the trust? Because when it comes to giving, I always seem to fall short. There's always a fear that comes in to stop me from giving. I use, uh, again, I use um, this restaurant in Atlanta. They close up on Sunday. They could make a lot of money if they opened on Sunday. 
but they, they, they decided to close that as an honor to God and believe God to make up the difference. That's what we're talking about, ladies and gentlemen. And every offering you ever give and whatever you do for people and whatever you do for the poor is an issue that says, I can bless people because I trust God. I can be a giver because I trust God. If you understand that, say amen. amen. Okay, so let's look at the second, um, the second uh, fact that the Apostle Paul reveals. <coughs> Number two, Paul taught that money that comes into the believer's life should take on the form of both bread, that's something to be consumed, and seed, that's something to be given. If you'll look at 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and 10, Paul taught that money that comes into a believer's life, it should take on two forms. Money that comes into our life should take on two forms. Bread, that's to be consumed, and seed, that's to be given. Those are the two forms it'll, it'll take on. Now, this is really interesting because we're going to get real practical with this concern, but look at verse 10. He says, now he that ministereth seed to the sower, he ministers, watch this, he, now the God, God, God's, God's the one that gives us seed. He says, but he ministers bread for your food, okay, that's to be consumed by you, and multiply your seed that is sown, that's to be given, and then the increase of the fruits of your righteousness. So, uh, there's nothing wrong with you being able to, you know, when you have money, to have bread to consume, as long as you also realize you have seed to be given. Say it out loud, bread to consume, bread to consume. seed to be given. And right, I want you to just, just think with me for a moment. In the natural, what, what position are you put in if you spend, if, if, what position are you put in if you, if you eat up all your seed? You're in trouble. I mean, you, you, you ate up all your seed. Okay, so bread to be consumed is no longer an option. Why? Because he started off saying, I'm ministering seed to you. Make sure you take the seed so you can have some bread to consume and make sure you keep some of the seed so you can sow. Keep some of the seed for sowing. Keep some of the seed for consuming. Now, people... People who have jobs don't understand that. I'm going to show you where God gives an intention for your job as well. But, you know, you say, well, I'm under the grace of God. It'll be all right. Uh-uh. He gave you seed, some of it to be consumed, and some of, to, some of it to be given. So what happens in the life of people? I guarantee you, I can take 10 people out of our church who are having problems with resources, and I can take another 10 that don't have problems with resources, and then I can examine how they are governing and managing their seed. If you are, you know, you know, consuming more seed than what you should, okay, and giving less than what you should, we're going to have an issue. I think I mentioned last week, we have an issue of under-investing and over-expecting. So we have great expectation from God, but then, you know, when you don't get it, you're like, what happened? under-investing, over-expecting. And so, uh, don't ever forget this right here. He gave us seed 
for consuming. Amen. It's all right to consume. Just make sure you understand he gave us seed for giving as well. Now, this is for the Christian. So the Christian who doesn't understand, I mean, you're a good Christian, you're under the grace of God, God loves you, you're on your way to heaven, your life has changed, but you're still having issues in the, in the physical, natural area. And you're, you're going to God and asking him what's wrong. And God's like, I give you seed, you gotta determine what you're gonna use for, to consume and what you're gonna use to give. Thanks for joining us today. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast to hear more great messages from inspiring teachers like Creflo Dollar. Rate this podcast and write a review if you haven't already. And share this message so others can be encouraged by this teaching too. So subscribe, rate, review, and share. We hope you were inspired by today's message. God bless.